It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome to this episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I'm Chloe, the creator and host of this award-winning show, and it's my aim in every episode to help you find ways to improve your business. I met this episode's guest when I was co-hosting one of the e-commerce tech events in the USA. Her story and mission is so impressive and powerful that I just had to invite her here on the show to help spread the word. So today's episode is going to be a little different. Yes, it's about e-commerce. Yes, it's about how to improve your business and grow your sales. And my guest has run her own retail business. And yes, we're still doing the top tips at the end and you're still going to get lots of great advice throughout. But this one definitely fits firmly in the inspiration category. This is going to have you kind of thinking a bit laterally about some things, thinking differently about things. And if you're in fashion or trying to be more sustainable and fairer in what you're doing and find untapped markets, this is 100% a must listen for you. Before we get into all that though, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or you're part of a marketing team at a multinational brand, Clavio will give you everything you need to create memorable marketing moments, building customer relationships that keep shoppers coming back time and time again. Get started with a free account today. Visit clavio.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash master plan. Helium 10 is an all-in-one software tool for entrepreneurs to help them start, build and grow a business on Amazon. Helium 10 has all the tools you need to run your business in one place. No more downloading multiple apps or paying for different software. And I have an incredible offer for you. Get 50% off your first month of a Helium 10 Platinum account when you go to helium10.com forward slash master plan. That's H-E-L-I-U-M-1-0 dot com slash master plan. And now to introduce today's guest expert, Camilla Olson from Savitude. Camilla was a VC in the 80s, and then she founded two predictive modelling companies in Biopharma, one with a $95 million buyout one year after launch, and the other is the basis of Sertara, which IPO'd in December 2020 and quickly rose to a $4 billion valuation. She then took quite a turn, earning an MFA, that's a Master's in Fine Arts in Fashion Design, and ran her own e-commerce label for five years. Most recently, she's founded the inclusive fashion company Savitude, who are helping fashion designers solve the fit, return and excess inventory problems by providing enhanced sketching using AI design intelligence. Hello, Camilla. Well, hello, Chloe. How are you? I'm good. And I'm really, really pleased to have you here on the podcast because what, well, one, you're clearly got an incredibly impressive bio, um, but also what you're doing with Savitude, I think is fascinating and I want to bring it to our audience. So tell us a bit, let's get started with why you decided to found Savitude, because I think that, that's where this all comes from really, doesn't it? So why, why did you create the business? I didn't intend to. Um, like how I got here is a total uh, accident. 
Um, but in the end, how, uh, I think, are you asking why did I get into e-commerce or how did I get into, like, I want to answer the question you're asking. Like, I'm, I'm interested in how you ended up in e-commerce and why you founded Sabitude. And I'm going to guess they're kind of related. So, so uh, yes, it's an accident. Um, so yeah, so as you know, I started out in biopharma, which was my love for so many years, but then I did get a little tired of doctors, um, and <laughs> all of that. And I thought, oh, you know, everybody else is dealing with really cool stuff. I'm like, I want to do something fun. Um, but anyhow, I thought I was retiring. My daughter wanted to be a fashion, uh, designer and I knew that was a bad idea. I took her to, uh, a local open house at the mm -hmm. fashion school in San Francisco because I thought this is going to definitely turn her off for sure except that I ended up enrolling <clears throat> um so by accident um and so anyhow she's now doing finance and I ended up doing a master's in fine arts so somehow there's a split in personality you know that movie show that movie yeah, yeah. that happened that day um, so Is it I, Freaky Friday, the one where freak, the mother and the daughter swap places? Freaky yeah. Friday happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I ended up doing it because um, during the dot-com era, uh, well, during the dot-com era, I developed a Chanel habit. I really, yeah, a bad one. And then the bus came and I couldn't afford it, so I tried to sew it. Hated what I sewed. Hated the design, the quality. So the reason I enrolled because I thought I'll learn how to do it. They'll teach me here. So I thought I'll take a couple classes. Well, and I'll stay until they kick me out. Well, I ended up graduating at the top of the class. Congrats. Showing my collection at Lincoln Center during Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week. I got some orders. I'm like, oh crap, I got orders. So what am I going <laughs> to do now? I got to start a label. I got to sell them. So I'll do e-commerce. That's easy. No, yeah. it's not no, easy. It's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> Your audience knows how easy it is. It's like the worst thing in the world. So, but I started an e-commerce label and um, learned how difficult it is. And of course, I was working in silk, which is the worst thing to be doing on e-commerce, right? The worst thing in the world. Um, and we did a lot of private clients uh, for uh, very fancy events like the Academy Awards and the Met Gala. So we learned a lot about custom fit and that brought me into body shape and they mm -hmm. never teach you about body shape at fashion school. That's um, mad. Yeah. That's, that's crazy because uh, us women, we're not all, I mean, the men aren't the same shape as each other either, but, but women in particular, we are, we're all quite bumpy in the main and then some of us aren't bumpy at all. Yeah. Well, dress forms are not bumpy and fit models are never bumpy. Um, and then I figured, figured out that I'm not the only bumpy person in the world. I thought it was just me. <laughs> That's not true. Um, and, but I spent four years researching it during my fashion label. And I realized this is a big problem. I mean, I was humiliated. I was embarrassed about it. Then I realized that everybody has the same problem. Um, and I thought oh, that's, that's a business opportunity. So I shut down my label and started Sabitude and we built a recommendation technology system. Um, cause I, somewhere along the line, I figured what we had done in one of the, my, uh, recommend one of my earlier companies, I could apply here, mm -hmm. um, 
And so I thought we could model our way out of this, out of this fit problem. And that's the beginning. If you can get enough data on people's sizes, then you should be able to create a model that enables people to find the clothes that fit them. Yeah, I mean, it kind of simplistically, I thought if people could think like fashion designers and if I could create a tool that would kind of guide them that way, then, you know, that that would help them make better choices and be a much sad, more satisfied customer. Um, buy clothes that would flatter them better. Um, and so that's what we tried to do is kind of take a fashion designer's brain, put it in, you know, AI and serve it up. Um, to kind of so to, that, to help the end consumer make better make, purchasing decisions. Exactly. So recommendation technology based on aesthetics. So what we did is that we understood, we basically had 729 body shapes and all the curves and everything around that matching with different kinds of silhouettes of clothing um, and uh, design details. So our, our language is a design detail in our AI. Um, and so it's a 40,000 unit database that we have with lots of machine learning and a very sophisticated visual recognition technology. So we put that on the market. We did a very large A-B test with 2.8 million people. Wow. We proved an 11% lift, which is big in, in So retail. you used it on someone's website. And, yes. And... They split tested people who went down the Savitude route, people who didn't. That's a a huge lift. That's a huge lift, yeah. And that's across the whole population. And only about 15% of the people elected to use our our quiz. But um, okay. But even though only 15% elected to use our quiz, we got that 11% lift. So imagine if everybody did. It would have been much, much, much higher. So it's like an, an A-B split test, we'll say 50-50 of the traffic coming through. Of the 50% who had the option, only 15% took it, but that was enough to give you... 11%. 11% sales uplift. Yeah. That's yeah. mad. So it's massive. It's yeah. massive. A huge. Except when we looked at the data, so we... There were some times and they were like, oh, what are we going to recommend to these people? You know, there there were some interesting A 404 questions. page, for want of a better answer. People who, for, for whom they just want a better yeah. page. Yeah. So after the test, we, you know, I had some other business and we looked around and then we kept, I kept thinking about this and I realized, you know, we have a problem. If we continue in this business, we're going to continue to run up some issues that, there are pockets of women where there's really no clothes that were to recommend to them to make them look better. And that's because nobody has designed for their body shape ever. That See, that that just blows my mind. I mean, when you said you, you identified 729 different body types, I was like, initially I was kind of like, that's, in, that's insane. And I was like, oh, actually, that kind of makes sense because we have different shaped mm-hmm. arms, different shaped torsos, different shaped legs and all the rest of it. But the fact that, that you, you know, I guess you, it's one thing developing the, the tech to help people make better choices to buy clothes that, that will suit them better, make them feel better, make them look better. But if there's nothing to sell them. Yeah. So imagine that person who her whole life has gone into stores and never found anything to fit her body 
or B, that looks good on her. You know, she looks in the mirror, she's like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, mm. she just never looks good. I, I mean, imagine how she feels about herself. And so this is a large percentage of the population. I mean, you can look down the street and see that it's true. And it's not like these people get up and don't know how to dress. It's that they can't find clothes that flatter them because nobody's making it and because nobody's designing it. It's not their fault. So we're not and talking it, about 10 people in a million who, are, no. who have no clothes it's, being made for no, them. No, we're talking like 40%. <gasps> We're talking a lot of people. We're talking a big number. So we, um, so I got really, really mad when I realized <laughs> yeah. what was going yeah. on. <laughs> I I, I'm, like, still, I, I'm still in the stage of, oh my God, that's insane. I suspect I'll get mad later at the, the, just the, the stupidity of the fact no one's producing close to them. Because that, that's a huge market opportunity, yeah. apart from the fact it's rude. It's it's rude. But I'm, think, I'm thinking, like, what can, imagine what this can do. I, I mean, there's the business opportunity, but I mean, just imagine how much better society will be when women can feel better about themselves. Yeah. Just because, I mean, clothes make a huge impact on how we look at ourselves, feel about ourselves. And, and, I, you know, there's a whole pocket of, of women that I can look at and I can see them and I know why they are that way. And it's because a lot of it has to do with clothing. Um, and I think that we can solve a lot of, you know, the, the governmental issues, a lot of our economic issues just by solving this problem. And not to mention the environmental issues and, mm -hmm. you know, the industry we're trying to fix. I mean, it's a huge problem all because of this stupid decision that we are going to honor a certain kind of woman and idealize her because she's born with a certain frame. That's just wrong. That's just plain out wrong. And I, I just can't accept that and kind of retire and forget about it. Just no, can't and, do that. And I'm guessing, because, you know, when you said about the AB split test and only 15% elected to take the quiz, that's got to be quite hard to accept when you know that at least 40% of women aren't, are definitely buying the wrong clothes and clothes that don't fit them because they're, the clothes for them don't even exist. But yet only 15% of the whole population even bothered to try and find the solution. So it, it strikes me that potentially attacking this from the consumer end isn't the way to go. Well, the thing, well, that's an interesting question. I did some research. I've been tracking the consumer side for many years now, and it goes between 45 and 55% of the population hates shopping. You know, finds it a chore, really dislikes it, um, finds it depressing, all these negative words about it. About half of women hate it. But I asked a new question this recent time, and um, like, would you like to design your own clothes? And 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 if you do, why? And gave a bunch of reasons why. And 83%, percent of women want to be, have a hand in designing their clothes to correct for body shape. Wow. Specifically, 83%. So it's a bigger problem than I think it is from a yeah. woman's point of view. Because there's the 40% the who are there are no clothes to make them look good. And feel good. But then there's presumably quite a large proportion who can't find the clothes because either they're really niche or niche and they can't literally can't find them or they, they just don't know what they should be wearing. 
Yeah, and just women are aware that they know they want something more. They, they're, you know, I think with the internet, people have gotten smarter about what is available to them and they want it. So I think the consumer herself knows what she wants. Um, every time I talk to a woman, you know, someone who is not in the business, they are very excited. I want this. I want to be able to design my own clothes. But you talk to a retailer, you talk to a brand, and they're like, oh, well, I don't know. You, you've got to, we have our process, we have our this, we have our that. And, you know, they're like, I don't know. And, and it's like, you know, your, your consumers want this. <laughs> There's no question about this. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, anyway, yeah. I digress. So, <laughs> no, no, but it's good. It's good digression. <laughs> it's, um, it, you know, it is, it, the more you think about it from every angle, the the more of a wasted opportunity it is on, you know, every single angle from the societal issues through to the business opportunity and all the rest of it. It just, it's just, it's just gobsmacking really. So you've, you've kind of sent yourself on a mission to help solve this problem. So what's, what's Savitude now doing um, to help deal with this? Well, I, well, we've made a, we've developed a product that, that, solves this problem. Um, and I had this crazy idea to work with um, the luxury fashion community, um, which is, you know, the toughest customer in the world um, when it comes to having them change their design. Process. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not. Here, here in the UK, we've got kind of like the fast fashion guys, and they would probably be the easier ones to go after. Um, you know, the, the boohoos and the maybe even the Primark model who are, you know, doing cheap and quick turnarounds but but yeah going the couture end interesting interesting angle i had this idea that i wanted to talk to the 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 companies in the luxury business because that is where fashion originates what happens on the runways is carried through to all the stores and you know and then what and in the end, that's what goes in the landfills, right? So that that that's the origin. True today, some of it goes from the street back up, but majority of it starts on the runway. So I wanted to be able to figure out how am I going to talk to luxury? It's certainly not going to be a change that happens in a measure of days. It'll be uh, longer than that. But I wanted to get that understanding. Of course, while I was there, I had this idea of let's analyze what goes down the runway and let's see what the starting place is. And so we we took all of every look that walked the runways for the last five years, and in, in New York, London, Milan, and Paris, and analyzed who is that look most likely to flatter. Okay, so so matching all those outfits to the seven hundred and twenty nine body types, yeah. and how much fit do you get between the? How much matching right. do you get between the two? Who is that? Who is that look intended for? Who's the primary body shape? Is that going to flatter? Um, and so we we did that for spring two thousand twenty one. And so for, we did it our, and then we wanted to compare that with the distribution of a population of, from our data. 
And so, of course, we needed to do that for the U.S. because our data is U.S.-based. So we took the New York information and um, compared it to the U.S. population. And we found some very interesting information. We found um, what we call the inclusion gap. And that that is okay. the undersupply of, of looks, a distribution of looks for several body shapes versus the distribution um, of, uh, of people having that body shape. And then an oversupply of where there's too many looks um, for certain body shapes. And then I put... I did, you know, did some simple math and came out that it's over a hundred and twenty billion dollar market opportunity if we were that we're losing by undersupplying um, these uh, underserving these body shapes. That's mm-hmm. huge. And then if you look at it's- the oversupply, that is what's going into the landfills because we're making. Like if we're giving too much choice, you know, because because this is you know we're offering too much choice for these body shapes and not enough over here, and that's what's ending up in the landfill. Well, I suppose, I mean, I'm sure everyone listening, the men and the women, can relate to buying something because you need something for an event, and you know it's not quite right. You wear it once, and then exactly. you throw it away. And if if we've you know, and, and those of us who are in the underserved part of the market, we're buying from the overserved shapes yeah. to fill our needs. But it. it's you know, if you, if you if you get that piece of clothing that really works, you'll wear it for years and years and years and years. Whereas if you're making compromises the entire time because the right clothes aren't there, you you churn a lot faster, don't you? The clothes get get got rid of a lot faster. If your shoulders are broad. You're not buying anything because you're not fitting it. You're not, you can't even get that garment on your body. You're walking out of the store not buying anything. So there are some geometries that are causing no sale at all. It just, every way you look at it, it's just befuddling that no one is serving this market. Yeah. And so that. The part that's really um, underserved is a part where there, there's a body shape, um, the oval and the diamond, where the belly is larger. Um, so these can be women who are at their recommended body shape. So they're not overweight, but they just care. Their body is shaped that way, and um, and there's certain. You know, they're like, they can't wear a sheath. That will not look attractive on them, mm-hmm. you know. But so Michael Kors is out for them. Right? <laughs> so there's one brand gone. <laughs> gone, gone. Um, and, you know, so for them, like, there's so many that, that they just can't even get around their body. Um, so there's certain silhouettes that we, that, that would work perfectly for them. But nobody ever thinks to make them, ever. Yeah, because this isn't, we're not just talking about it fits you. We're talking about it looks good on you as well. Well, It It makes you feel good and suits you. There's also the physical possibilities. We want to be able to close the garment around you. You want to be able to not expose yourself out there. You want to be able to zip up the garment 
uh, right? Um, so, you know, there's a lot of issues with that. That um, so when you start looking into exactly what the where the gaps are, you're seeing it's more than oh they're buying something that looks bad on them. It's like they physically can't get in there. Oh my God, we and and the solution is not to make a thousand different SKUs. The solution is to have a variety of silhouettes. And how I mean you've. You've identified there's a huge opportunity. You've identified mm-hmm. ways in which it's not being met, and you're you've started tackling it at the luxury end. What what would you like to see retailers doing to start solving this issue with their next their next range? Well, so um, we've developed a, a dashboard um, where you can we can analyze because we have really strong visual recognition, so we can analyze any. Uh, for a retailer, for example, we can analyze any buy that they're looking at and give them a display of where they're overbought and where they're underbought um, so that they can balance their buy um, in and make sure it serves their, their Mm -hmm. population. And if they don't know what their population is, they, you know, we have a quiz that they can use to find out. (laughs) Step number one, understand your customer. (laughs) Right. And, and on the other side, I'm there in America, we have something called the IEEE, which is an engineering standards organization. And it's uh, an industrial group. Um, and I'm talking to them about making this understanding of body shape an open network, an open database. Mm-hmm. So every, you know, worldwide, globally, and that everybody contributes to let's understand what the body shape distribution is throughout the world by by you know, by country or by city, or whatever. But every retailer knows what their own customer range is. I like that because the more the more data that all gets pulled together, the better the results will become, and the faster right. the problem will be solved. So it's not it's not a case of wanting to ring fence the data. It's a yes. case of being, being clever about how you use the data, I suppose. Yes, that's right. That's right. Well, um, Camilla, it's been hugely fascinating talking about this and I could quite happily talk about it for a, for a lot longer to come. And I hope we've inspired the audience. But right now we should probably move into the top tips round. So we're going to take um, a listen to our sponsors and then we're going to hit on with the top tips. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Success in 2021 means building stronger relationships with your customers. Last year saw a lot of consumers switching to buy online, leading to surges in new customer acquisition. So how are you planning on turning your new first-time buyers into profitable repeat customers? Well, that's what Klaviyo is for. Klaviyo helps businesses create memorable marketing moments through email, SMS and personalised website experiences. And that is what creates repeat purchases. That's why Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform, Platform is used by over 50,000 e-commerce brands around the world. Get started with your free account today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. 
Helium 10 is an all-in-one software tool for entrepreneurs to help them start, build and grow a business on Amazon. Whether you're just starting or are several years into e-commerce, it is a must-have tool for your business and I have an incredible offer for you. Get 50% off your first month of a Helium 10 Platinum account when you go to helium10.com forward slash masterplan. That's H-E-L-I-U-M-1-0 dot com slash masterplan. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Camilla, are you ready for these? I'm scared. <laughs> Don't be scared. They're <laughs> okay. really they're really easy. You're going to be great. Okay. So this is a lot easier than what you've been doing. <laughs> so um, <laughs> should be good. Uh, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Well, there's a new book by, um, there are, I think, three or four authors, but the one author that I'm going to name is Cody Sims, C-O-D-Y-S-I-M-M-S. And the name of the book is Levers, L-E-V-E-R-S, Bridge the Gap Between Tactics and Vision in Your Business. He's um, an executive in Techstars. I happen to know him very well. He's an amazing man, um, knows what he's talking about. I would pick that up. Excellent. Like it, a personal recommendation. He's I, uh, the Senior Vice President of Climate and Sustainability at Techstars. Excellent. So. Even better. Yeah. Um, okay. The traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? I think that... Um, Getting your customers to have a say in your product is the best thing. I mean, I've talked about this 83%. Um, and I think that, that the more we bring our consumers in to guiding our product uh, uh, description, definition, or letting them guide their own product design, the better off we'll be. Oh, I like that. So true too. Um, okay, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Yeah, there are two. Um, one is Notion. I've discovered recently to use Notion for note taking. So I'm always, I used to use a little book to handwrite my notes. And now I've converted myself over to typing into Notion uh, on a new front page every time. But my best tip is um, while I was doing that uh, accelerator, I was on calls to Europe all the time. So I, I picked up Time, but time Buddy. Um, on my phone and I'm constantly converting CET to PST um, <laughs> and I, I was on that 10 times a day uh, over the last uh, six months. Oh nice I'm always having um, having worries about time conversion so I'm gonna have to download that one. Um, right the growth top tip if you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1000 what would be your number one tip for them? I would say stop doing everything else and pay attention to what's happening right this minute. I think that, I know for me, 
I start getting frantic and start worrying about so much, so much, so much, you know, and if you're trying to do that, you need to focus on what's that one thing and seriously focus on that one thing and get it going. I love that. That's great advice. Um, well, look, Camilla, before we say goodbye, could you let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Uh, our website is www.savitude, S-A-V as in Victor I, T as in Thomas, U as in uh, U-D, David, E, savitude.com. And uh, our social media um, is Savitude or Savitude AI um, on all of them. Excellent. And if someone is who's been inspired by what we've been talking about today, what's the what's the next step they should take towards improving things in their business? They should contact me uh, at Camilla at Savitude.com. Um, and I'd love to talk with them about what we could do to help them out. Um, and there is for this technology that we've developed for what we've talked about today, we have a free version um, that you can download directly from our, um, our website um, and, play, and play with, kind of get a sense of what we're doing. It's really fun. We even have a TikTok version um, so for $7 a month. So there's a really inexpensive way that you can kind of get to know what we're doing, but there's a, a much better professional version as well. Excellent. I love that. Right. There you go, guys. No excuses at all now for not improving your fashion ranges. Um, Camilla, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's been fascinating chatting with you. And I really hope we've inspired both the fashion and non-fashion retailers to, to take a different look at how they're serving their customers and make it better for everyone. So um, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. I really love this. Nice to chat with you too. fascinating chatting with Camilla there. So I guess the, for me, the key takeaways are if you're in fashion, are you serving the full opportunity you could be serving? Are you helping your customers feel as good as they could be by addressing lots of different body shapes and types? Um, if you're not, or if you want to know, then go and, go and check out the, the free resources that, uh, that Camilla's made available to help you analyse where you're at right now, what the next buy looks like. And if you're not in the fashion industry, I mean, Camilla's, Camilla's research and her tech has highlighted a huge opportunity that's being underserved and that's causing issues like high returns rates, um, uh, stuff going into landfill and so forth. It's bad news for all of us. But... I'm sure there's opportunities like that, underserved markets in other areas of the world, uh, other areas of the e-commerce world, not just fashion. So what's the opportunity in your space? You can get your, your hands on the notes from today's show, including the top tips and links to the things we mentioned by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. There you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. And we do regularly touch on um, sustainability, ethics, etc. If you've liked this episode and you're intrigued to explore these topics more, then I've got a couple of, or I've got three episodes for you to have a listen to. The first is episode 310 with Dan Dicker from Circular & Co. They make homeware products and have completely embraced the circular economy and gone great guns by doing so. 
Episode 253 was Lucy Bloomfield, who was running a, um, a skincare business out of Australia. And she completely changed what she was doing based on the sustainability of it all and has been very successful too. Uh, and then... We've also got episode 265 with the phenomenal Brie Reed, who's running the inclusive tights retailer Snag, who in many ways has done what Camilla's asking us all to do uh, in the world of tights. Right. Thank you all for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help as many e-commerce business owners as possible to succeed and thrive with their businesses. So please do tell the other e-commerce business owners, you know, because I'd love to help them as well. I hope you have a great week and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.